Welcome to Hallmark and Chill. Please join us as me, Nina, along with my husband, Dean, and from time to time, our dog, Beckham, rate and review Hallmark movies throughout the year. We are going to discuss, and sometimes, if not all the time, argue, laugh our asses off, and rate these oftentimes ridiculous movies. Thanks for joining! Hey everyone, we are back for another episode of Hallmark and Chill, and our favorite host is back, my husband Dean. He is so excited just by the look of his face as I said that. Super happy to be back, right babe? (laughs) Not sure if you heard that, but if you did, it's some farting sound, and he did a thumbs down, so real mature. Thanks, babe. So tonight we are going to be covering Hallmark's Hall of Fame. I think this is, believe they're only... Hallmark Hall of Fame movie this um, season anyhow. Uh, Christmas Love Story is what it is called and it originally aired on December 7th 2019 and stars the lovely Kristen Chenoweth and Scott Wolf, who by the way has not aged a day since Party of Five. At least that's what it looks like to me anyhow. The synopsis reads, Tony Award winning Kristen Chenoweth stars as a youth choir director who needs to write a big song for a Christmas Eve show. She is distracted from her task when a boy with a golden voice joins her choir which comes as a surprise to his widowed father portrayed by Scott Wolf. So the movie starts off with Kristen Chenoweth's character. Her name is Catherine and she is kind of doing her thing as the as a Christmas um, choir director. I don't know if she only does Christmas. That just happens to be this, the time of year for this movie obviously. And so she's kind of just doing her thing teaching her kids. Seems like she really loves it and I guess she used to be um, a Broadway star as well in this movie. I guess that's kind of what her character was. She wrote like one hit Broadway. I'm not quite sure how many years at this point, but a lot of people um, still recognize her as the woman from Broadway. Then we are introduced to Scott Wolf's character, Greg. And yes, like the synopsis read, he is a widower. His wife died a few years ago. His office is kind of getting decorated by one of his, I don't know if she is his assistant or a colleague, but they've worked together for a really long time. And she's kind of just trying to get him into the Christmas spirit. I guess their office has like an office party coming up and he's kind of said, no, I'm not going to be going. Just not really kind of in the mood, those types of things. And he has a really uh, nice colleague and friend as well, who's played by Eric Close, who I think we're going to see in another Hallmark movie later this year, something like that. Can't remember. So it turns out that Catherine, her choir, I think it's, I don't know if it's like a grant funded or if it gets funded by donation. So they have this like big concert every year. And I think she mentioned that they kind of live off of, I believe the donations is what I want to say. I didn't write it down specifically, but the big kind of draw for this concert is there's always an original song, I guess. And she had hired a songwriter who I believe she used to work with to write the song. He was all for it. Then it turns out he's going to go on vacation right before this uh, event is going to happen and he's not going to be able to write the song. Her, I don't know, I guess it's her colleague. He helps kind of teach the the kids like scales and stuff like that. Or I don't know if it's called scales. This is what happens when you're not a music prodigy. I used to play the violin, but as you can tell, and I used to play the piano as well. Obviously I've lost all that music knowledge. Her coworker, he wants her to write the song because he was like, you're great at it. You know, you used to be on Broadway. Broadway should be no problem for you, but she's very hesitant. And at this time, she is pretty much nixing the idea of her writing it. A little while later, we are introduced to a kid named... 
friend, Danny. Sorry, I had to look at my notes. Um, His name is Danny and he comes to volunteer to just kind of, and I'm not quite sure like where he found this position, but he's kind of like there to like help clean up or set up stuff. I'm not really quite sure, but turns out he has like an amazing voice. Like all the kids leave, he's sitting at the piano and he's playing and he just starts singing. And uh, yeah, he does. He has a very beautiful voice and Catherine wants him to join. Then we see a scene where Catherine and Greg have their meet cute. They end up using a ride share. So she's running late to practice and her co-worker is like, well, I put a ride share app on your phone. So just use that. It's going to take you forever to get a cab. So she uses a ride share, doesn't really know how to use it. This is where she meets Greg and they have like kind of a really cute um, back and forth and stuff like that. And he said that he was on his way, I think, to meet with his son who is doing some kind of startup company as or working for a startup company, something like that. He was just talking about how proud he was of his kid going to go and see him. Turns out that Danny, the kid with the golden voice, is actually Greg's son. And I guess he wasn't really quite truthful about what he was doing with his time. And I think he's like a senior in high school. So he's getting ready to um, apply to different colleges. His dad wants him to go to business school, that type of thing. And, um, and he wants him to stay focused. But Catherine was kind of telling him, hey, he's got this beautiful voice. I think it'd be great if he, you know, joined in with this choir. It sounds like, seems like he really enjoys it. He's like, no, he's like, I want him to stay focused. He had, we have all these plans for him, so on and so forth. She kind of doesn't really take no for an answer. So she ends up renting a car because she lives in the city. She lives in New York City. She doesn't drive. I don't think she even owns a car. She drives out to Connecticut where Greg and Danny live to kind of convince Greg that he would be great for the choir. It's not going to take up too much of his time. He can still do all of his applications, finish high school. And it's only for, I think she said they're only doing it for like another week until like their production is supposed to happen. And she's pretty convincing to where he's going to allow Danny to sing in this choir. Unfortunately, a big storm kind of rolls through. So she ends up having to stay the night. But we do end up getting a lot of cutesy scenes with the three of them, like making cookies, doing a bunch of singing chorus. Because if we had Kristen Chenna within a movie and she wasn't singing, there'd be something wrong. So I'm glad that we got a lot of scenes of her singing. Oh, I think I forgot to mention too. Sorry, I was looking at my notes. I do believe that Catherine does eventually give in to kind of a little bit of the pressure of having to write the song. So she's going to write the song. We see a lot of scenes of her um, kind of trying to figure out the melody of the song, the lyrics, that types of things, because I don't know, again, I'm not quite sure how long it's been since she's um, actually written a song. And then Catherine ends up replacing Danny as Greg's date at his company Christmas party. He does agree to go and all of his colleagues are really excited that he's there because like I said, I don't think he's really been that active with um, much of his colleagues or at least anything outside of work since his wife died. So everyone's really excited to have him there. They all love Catherine. Um, They do kind of this like Santa Claus, Mrs. Claus bit at the party that it goes off really, really well. And while they're kind of walking to um, to get a cab or a ride share, she ends up kind of talking to him about how she kind of got into this whole like teaching thing. She talked about her past, about um, being on Broadway, this kind of stuff. But then she also mentions to him that she at one point in her life, however many years ago, at this point, 17, 18 years ago, um, she had given up a child for adoption. And but she was really happy with her decision in the sense that because she knew that at least at that time, we don't she didn't mention what age she was that she just wasn't in a place to be able to take care of a kid. Um, and she just hopes that you know, her kid out in the world is successful and happy and that you know, can that again, her decision was the right decision to do that. And then we get treated to a mid movie kiss, the movie's not even over and Catherine and Greg have a little smooch fest and it was really really cute because of her conversation with Greg she actually 
actually starts to do a little bit of research to see if she might be able to get in touch with her child. I'm not even sure if in terms of meeting the child, but just kind of seeing how the child had been doing. Because like said, at this point, I think, what did she say? Yeah, 17, 18 years ago, she gave him up or her. Um, eventually, Catherine finishes the song and she wants to do a duet with Danny. And um, because his voice is so awesome and they would duet really well with each other, which by the way, they do. And it's at rehearsal for this duet that Catherine finds out that Danny is actually the child that she gave up. Surprise! Or maybe not surprise. I feel like it was a huge surprise and we'll come back to this, but Hallmark, you really got us. That's all, all I'll say for right now. And it was a real tearjerker too, by the way. Danny ends up telling Greg that he had found his birth mother. That's really the reason why he went to volunteer, quote unquote, for this whole choir thing. It was because he had found her. I don't know how long he'd been doing the research, but he found her, wanted to meet her, see what she was all about, and um, kind of just got mixed into that whole choir thing. And so he ends up telling his dad, who takes it really, really well. He said, you know, we always wanted you to feel like you could talk to us about that or that at whatever point in time you wanted to find your birth parents, that that would be something that you should be able to do. So Danny and Catherine on the night of the Christmas choir concert, they end up doing their duet and it is great. I felt like it was a really, really good performance. Good on you, Kristen Chenoweth, for having the pipes that you do. And there's kind of a little bit of weirdness between Catherine and Greg because she found out, but she didn't know if Greg knew and he didn't at the time that she found out. And then Greg finally found out and then he was like, oh, it makes sense. Like, because she was just, because they'd been getting along, they'd been going out with each other, this kind of stuff. And then she all of a sudden was kind of cold shoulder and he's like, ah, makes a lot more sense. So they end up kind of hashing that out, you know, just kind of talking about, I guess, the pink elephant in the room and everything goes fine. And she ends up spending Christmas with them. And we are treated to another Hallmark end of the movie kiss, like we normally are under the mistletoe. And that pretty much ends Hallmark's A Christmas Love Story. So we will move into our first segment, which is usually our top three WTF moments. I was thinking about starting with mine, but I don't have any for this movie. So I'm not going to be able to start with mine, but I will turn it over to my husband, who I am sure will treat us to at least three of his top WTF moments. Take it away, babe. Wrong. I only have two WTFs, not three. And uh, get right to it. First one is, so the kid showed up. He was on the choir. Yeah, he told his dad he was volunteering at a startup. Turns out later on you find out why, because he had went to try to meet his mom um anyway his dad finds out about the choir and he goes no what the fuck kind of father goes no you can't be on a choir ever heard of supportive parenting uh and i literally wrote down uh f you and your plan because all he cared about was his plan we have a plan you're going to business school i'm not saying i don't agree with you in terms of him not being supportive which i don't feel like that was the case because his whole reasoning behind which i can totally understand although dean and i were not parents so we don't know but his dad had mentioned that you know they lost their loved one, his wife, his son's mother, you know, just a few years ago and kind of how it got really off kilter for them. So now that he's in his senior year, things have gone a lot better for him and he's been really focused and a lot more structured and stuff like that. And I think that that was something that for his dad was really purposeful for him too, to also stay structured, you know, like, okay, my wife is gone. Unfortunately, I have this kid still to take care of. We've got a lot of important tasks as we look forward to him entering college possibly. So that probably gave him a lot of focus too. So I don't really feel like it was not him necessarily being supportive, but I think it's a way for them to stay as focused as possible so that 
you know, they can start to heal a little bit and move on with their lives and stuff like that and just continue to, I guess, have some normalcy. So that's kind of like my take on it. I disagree. The kid and his mother used to sing all the time. It was a normal thing. It was something he was interested in and apparently pretty popular in the family. It stopped when his mom died, but he still enjoyed the music. And the first thing when dad finds out is he just goes, no, not, hey, you know, we have been doing all this stuff. You're pretty well on track. You can afford to take an hour here and there to be on a choir. It's not a big deal. Hey, how about you pursue your passion? No, he just literally says, no, we have a plan. You're going to business school basically what he says control freak which if he's paying for it okay but you can at least be supportive about it and be like well if you want to do it do it yourself anyway on to number two so they are out getting their christmas tree and the leading man tells the son hurry it up i hear a big storm is coming soon nobody turns to the leading lady and goes hey you just drove your ass here from the city you should probably leave now they're worried about getting the christmas tree before the storm not saying hey you should probably go home. Because, you know, they dick around for a couple hours, decorating and all that. And then, of course, when decorations and all that shit is done, it starts snowing and the roads close and all that shit and she can't get anywhere. I I just don't even know what to say about that. It just logically doesn't make sense. Hurry up and get the Christmas tree. Storm's coming. Get in the car. You come with us. Don't go home. (laughs) Okay. Thanks, babe, for that very colorful last WTF moment. You're welcome. (laughs) Every time. So... Our second segment is our can't let it go moment. So I will start with mine. My can't let it go moment is Catherine finding out that Danny was the son that she gave up for adoption you know, years earlier. That literally blew my mind. And usually with Hallmark, I can pretty much tell what's going to happen. That one, I really didn't. Maybe it was one of those things that you could have seen it a mile away. I thought that her telling Greg about giving up a kid was like a very minute detail, which I shouldn't have. I uh, Because I was like, well, why would she tell him that unless it was going to come up again? Because I'm a dummy. But it really was floored me. It really did. I don't know what else to say. It floored me. It surprised me. And it was just such a sentimental scene. And it was just really, really touching. I honestly cried. I don't cry a lot of these movies. That to me was 100% my can't let it go. I'm not quite sure if anything before this or after this is going to top it. Babe, what's your can't let it go moment? We share the same moment. Um, I literally wrote down well played Hallmark because I figured it would be one of the kids in the choir. I actually said that and I literally said her kid's going to be about 17 because I was like it's going to be somebody she already knows. But I did not think it was Danny because they, they never said he was adopted. They never mentioned it throughout the movie they just said he was like a gift or something like that which made it sound like hey yeah it was a surprise or something but they don't say he was adopted ever until hey you're my mama that's basically it this was like that's why i said well played i knew the kid was coming into it i knew they were gonna be about 17 i thought it would be somebody else in the choir just because there was no hints at that way yeah you're right they really surprised us with that because not once did i hear or at least i don't remember greg ever saying anything about that you know when he talked about his wife who had passed away and talked about danny um so like dean said well played hallmark well played so our last segment is of course us ending the show with rating these movies so we rate these on a scale of one to five christmas trees since this is a part of the countdown to christmas so i will start with my rating so this movie will probably have I think the highest rating so far. I want to say with confidence that probably has the highest rating of any of the movies we've watched so far, at least the ones that we've podcasted on. So I'm going to rate this a four and a half. I have to leave off 
the 0.5 just because sometimes it even how sentimental heartfelt it was there was still some always hallmark has some kind of weird shit going on so i couldn't give it just a five just yet but it was very close absolutely loved Kristen chenoweth in this movie i have always been a fan of her since i saw her and she used to be on a show that i love called west wing i don't know if any of you other political nerds out there like that show just like i do and she was so fantastic and everything i've ever seen her in she's just so full of life and just has so much character and is so sweet and i love that voice that she has not just her singing voice just her regular talking voice and it was just a really really heartfelt sentimental movie not anything that i would have thought it was i mean this was one that i was really really looking forward to just because she was in it but the story took you in such a different place that I did not see that coming and I really really liked that aspect and both of the characters her and Scott Wolf's character I thought that they had such great chemistry they just played off each other really really well and just the whole story of you know Danny being her her son and them reconnecting it was just it was really beautiful so it was one that really kind of tugged at my heartstrings I'll have to say so definitely getting my highest rating so far I think I'll have to go back and look at my other ones but yeah, this is definitely a movie that I will watch again. I'll save this on my DVR, probably buy it when it comes out. And I would truly recommend this movie to you guys. Babe, what is your rating going to be? I am going to rate it three. It is, let's face it, it's Hallmark. So yeah, this is actually really good for a Hallmark movie. <laughs> Most of them I give ones. We're not going to bullshit around here. They suck. Well played on their part with that little plot twist that I little literally didn't see that coming. I was close, but not quite on. So, better than normal. If this is a Hallmark Hall of Fame, it shows, because it had a lot better, basically, everything. So, three. It's watchable. You can enjoy it. I'm not going to go out of my way to watch it, but I'm not going to hate it. Well, and just the acting is better, too, because you and I have discussed that, too. Like, when they have actors and actresses who have been in other productions outside of Hallmark, who have been in TV shows, they've been in actual big screen movies, like, it really shows, you know, to be quite honest. It's kind of almost the same thing like Dean said when we watched um, Christmas in Rome like when they spend more money on locations it's the same thing when you hire actors who have experience outside of like that Hallmark kind of world you get a lot more I feel like depth and you get a lot more enjoyment especially for people like Dean who despise these movies just because of so many kind of non-logical plot holes right so I feel like them having these two actors who have been acting for a very long time um, it really really showed and just added to the movie in a really really great way thank you guys so much for listening to another episode of hallmark and chill please rate us wherever you're listening to us at we'd really appreciate the support and until next time guys